CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we have uh, this first week of the brand new year. We, once again, we want to wish everybody a mm-hmm. happy new year and a blessing to you as uh, I think this is going to be a year to, as the old saying goes, hold on to your car keys. It's going to be a ride. So uh, again, work for the night is coming when no one can work. We set this time aside every weekday afternoon. Uh, to uh, answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events from a biblical perspective, what we hear in church. Um, maybe you've just been reading your Bible. Maybe someone's asking you a question. Hey, we like to get together, give you what the Word of God really says about that topic rather than just a verse or a thought or uh, so many different um, religions go off on tangents on just part of a verse or maybe two verses disregarding the other verses that bring that particular topic into, um, uh, you know, the full light. And so we want to give you what the Word of God says. Here we don't have a church dogma that we follow. Well, our denomination teaches, hey, we're about what the Bible says. And so if you got a question, that number to call again, we got some lines open, 8888-ASK-CSN. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker that comes on after to our men and answer, Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi and welcome. Hey, Mike, good to be with you. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Well, Happy New Year to you and looking forward to answering some questions with you as we uh, start off this brand new year, this brand new week. And uh, uh, so um, how how is uh, all kinds of crazy things are going down there in Texas? Your uh, governor is mm-hmm. uh, kind of saying we're going to we're going to do what really the Constitution says we have a right to do, and that's protect our our borders. And of course, uh, Biden has uh, tried to issue a a thing now saying, no, uh, uh, Texas cannot cut the razor wires to keep the... And by the way, everybody, you need to understand how serious this problem is. The American news media has not been very honest. 300,000, 300,000 in the last year. No, no, no. From January, uh, from December 1st, I believe it was to December 31st, 300,000 people broke into our country getting free government money. That's right. That's your tax dollars going out for all this folly, roll, and fiddly dee. Your governor there thought enough to uh, uh, try to fortify the border to keep this from happening. And uh, what... Uh, Democrat Joe Biden says is, no, no, cut the razor wire. We want this. We want our country invaded. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny, Jeff, that we will uh, give billions and billions of dollars to the Ukraine to protect their borders, and we won't protect our own. We go halfway around the world to stop communism from coming into the Ukraine, but yet in our own Congress, communism is running wild. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're watching our government reward criminality. I mean, that's it. You know, if you cross the border illegally, then you have committed a criminal act. It's You're not honoring our laws. And if you didn't honor them coming in, you're not going to uh, honor them once you're in, once you're here 
Uh, you don't think enough of our laws to honor them to come in the right way. You know, it, it just, it boggles my mind. I've been to a service where people that came in the right way, uh, received their citizenship, Mike, and it was just, it brought me to tears. It was a packed house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These people had paid the price. They'd done the right thing. They'd uh, learned our constitution. They learned the various things, the process uh, required of them. And when they were declared citizens, they wept, they hugged. Uh, it was extremely emotional. And you look at that and you, you say, our government, our country is anything but anti-immigration. We're just anti-illegal immigration, at least we're supposed to be. But we're not. At least this government isn't. So Governor Abbott decided he would pass a law, uh, and he and, you know, the powers that be in Texas, uh, passed it as well, the legislators, that, um, the police can arrest people coming over illegally and deport them. Gee, Shazam. What about that? Actually uphold the law. And when they pass this law, giving the police the authority to arrest somebody that came over illegal, illegally and deport them. When they passed that, Washington went nuts. And you have to wonder why. Why do you want people here who have no intention of assimilating, no intention of obeying? If they didn't obey this law, then they are lawless in the way they think. So they're not going to obey other laws. Uh, if they hold us in that level of contempt, then why would you want that mix here? And so you're left to wonder, is it to do away with our sovereign borders? Is it to go for the one world government? You know, uh, can't we all just get along? There's no more national borders and we're just one great big happy world living together in harmony and all of this. Why? Or is it just to get you know, let's face it, Democrat votes, because it's a Democrat administration opening wide the doors. So, you know, different people have different opinions, but the bottom line is it's it's lawlessness. It's lawlessness. It's our national leaders engaging in brazen, out in the open lawlessness, because let them come in right. It's honorable. It's beautiful. It's powerful if they come in the right way. And, uh, you know, it's Mike, it just it boggles the mind. It does. And, you know, again, uh, I believe we're we're uh, the world is racing for a one world, uh, one world order. Uh, I believe part of this agenda is to destroy America. And I think uh, our current president is doing a fabulous job of destroying America. There's uh, everywhere you look, it's a mess. And I, I don't think that. Um, uh, any nation can continue like this. Again, how much infrastructure do you have to have in a nation to assimilate 300,000 people in one month? And well, isn't what the total kind of, now, Mike, isn't the total like 8 to 10 million now? Well, if you add it from, from uh, Obama time, uh, when it was wide open as well, we've got about somewhere between 50 and 80 million people that broke into our country. I get so mm-hmm. sick and tired of hearing about rhetoric of, of uh, Biden and Obama, both our broken immigration system. Have you all heard that? There's it's nothing not broken. broken in our immigration system. It At is all. the federal government's absolutely rebellion to enforce the laws on the book. 
because they have an agenda, and that's to overthrow America. And so when you understand what they're really saying, there's nothing broken in our immigration system. You came into the country legally, you went through the classes, you learned English. Oh my goodness, there's a thought, isn't it? And, and many people now can't get jobs in stores because they're not bilingual. Well, that's a problem. So what I'm saying is simply that when you understand what is really going on here, it isn't just something people coming across the border. You have terrorists coming across the border. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know who. And then, then uh, Department of Immigration, they lost all the records. Or did they burn them? See, this is what all we are now in America is just lied to. And our totally rotten American news media, shame on you, American news media, for not telling people the truth. This is the problem. You hear, oh, uh, uh, Israel needs to immediately have a ceasefire. Ceasefire, ceasefire, you hear. You don't hear the United Nations, anybody. How about this protest on the first day of the year, uh, three days ago, two days ago, why, where was the command? Where was any demand on Hamas to surrender? They started the war. Don't you think they would be required to surrender after what they did? You don't hear one word about that. That's why I know the whole system is rotten. Friends, we're headed for a one world order. Then they're, they're going to collapse the American dollar. We're 30, they're saying 34 trillion. That's the actual hardcore. Uh, cash outlay. But when you start adding in all the interest rates and all this stuff, we're we're the most indebted country on the entire earth. And when you and stop- it's a national disgrace. $97 trillion is the world's national debt. $97 trillion. Mm. And America is almost half of that. Now that is unsustainable, everyone. And so now they're trying to figure out how they're going to make, how are we going to do this? Well, we're just going to tax the few people left in America that will really work rather than getting all the free handouts from the government. Oh, and and the forgiveness of the student debt loans. Yeah, your taxpayers, mom and dad, boys and girls, all of us that work, you're paying off these people loans partying down in college. You're paying for it. You can't legally do that. You cannot take taxpayers' money and benefit one particular group of people. That That is not, that is not, uh, uh, it's already been turned down by the Supreme Court, but they're going to try to weasel it in again. So when we understand the lateness, and I'm not trying to be political here, I'm trying to let everybody know the lateness of the hour. Your country is evaporating. America is going to be gone. We're too stupid to live. We don't even know what bathroom to go into anymore in the United States. I don't know how many people today heard um, uh, James Dobson's program with Ben uh, Carlson on it, who uh, ran for president. Carson and he, Ben Carson, and he went over the 40 things that the Communist Party was going to do to America. Now, this goes way back before the 60s to overthrow America without firing a shot. And friends, every single thing that they had on their agenda is coming true. And uh, I'm going to do a special on this on President's Day so that you'll be able to uh, listen to um, uh, the what they're really up to. Uh, they're ending America. 
And we don't care. We're just watching all this go on. We don't care who's dancing with the stars. I mean, America's got talent. See, we've got misplaced affections and our country's dying. And um, uh, they're just putting the pedal to the metal. And um, we we have much, much to pray for. Yeah, Mike, let me just add, as a preacher of the gospel, you know, all these people flooding in illegally, you know, as a as a minister, I'm going to preach the gospel to whomever, Amen. wherever. And, you know, if they come into my church, I'm going to preach the gospel and I'm going to reach out to them in Jesus name. Amen. Yes. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a personal vendetta against them. It is, we know from history that when borders of nations dissolve, the nation ceases to be. It's just that that's what happened to Rome. Rome collapsed when basically uh, multitudes, masses of of um, illegal aliens, of people that didn't weren't part of Rome. You know, the Goths, the Visigoths, the uh, all of these uh, barbarians flooded in because Rome had allowed her borders to dissolve, and there was there was no army left to resist them, and these barbarians took over the great. You know, nation of Rome that nobody thought could ever fall, but it did. It came crashing down. How did that happen? Well, it, got, it was weakened over a period of time, a lot of time, but it was finally collapsed under this this invasion of barbarians from other uh, countries, other places, and that's how it collapsed because the border dissolved. We know this, so I'm going to reach out to these people in Jesus' name. But the the, the whole idea of letting these swarms of people in without coming in legally and letting our border dissolve is deadly and lethal to any country. And that's why we're concerned. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, you know, when people say, well, I, I don't want to be political in my, my faith. Who in the Bible wasn't? Now, that's something to think about because we don't normally hear that. Which of the Old Testament prophets did not have something to say about the way the kings were governing the people. We remember Ahab and Jezebel, Elijah, challenging them openly to a duel. Jezebel, with all of her Baal worship and all those kinds of things, the God that answers by fire is the true God. And when God answered by fire, Elijah brought the judgment on those false prophets of Baal. See, we don't seem to think that, that uh, well, Christians, I, I believe in separation of church and state. That's not in our Constitution anywhere. That was in a letter by Thomas Jefferson to a Baptist minister saying the, the government has no right to come and be involved in church's affairs. But the church has always influenced government. Always. That's how we got to be here. But that's not taught in our schools anymore. That's cleverly erased part of that 40 plan thing that the communists do, uh, you'll be amazed when you understand how long ago that manifesto was written now to affect America over the last 60 years. It's amazing how they have infiltrated our schools, our colleges, our government, our seminaries. It's everywhere. And especially when you get into Hollywood and all that kind of stuff that's been going on for years. And so we really have a lot to do, everybody. This is the year. All hands on deck. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of be a Christian on the sideline. I want to wait till the last minute. This is the last minute. 
The Bible says today is the appointed day of salvation. We need to be about our daddy's business. And if there was anything I was going to share with anybody, Jeff, concerning New Year's resolutions, be sold out for Christ. Do what you can do to support the body of Christ. That's why we're here. If you're involved in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form with trying to tear down a minister or or a ministry or whatever that's really trying to preach the gospel, I would say probably don't expect to go in the rapture because Jesus said that you would be counted worthy to escape all these things. Now, again, when we stop to think about that for a minute, if we're involved, we call ourselves Christians, but we're trying to uh, um, subvert um, Christian ministries, Christian pastors, whatever, I, I don't believe you're going. I, I think you better change your better change your uh, your um, mentality on that. We need to be, as Jesus said, if they're not against this, they're for us. And again, we see so much stuff go on today. In the name of Jesus, God has nothing to do with it, and uh, we want to be very, very careful. That's why the Bible says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. We want to be those people that are truly called by the name of Christ. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Brandy on the line from yesterday. Thank you, Brandy, so much for calling us back. Yes. You guys actually called me. Well, good. <laughs> I, was, good. I was going to call you. Um, so my friend has a daughter who believes in the Jesus or um, the Christ, the Christ, um, consciousness and that's i guess that um she's saying that that jesus doesn't really come back from this in, in the sky that he um that it's it's all in our that we have christ in ourselves it's just a level of uh well um awakening in the mind or whatever and that's what it's a it transit transcendent yeah, it's 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 demonic. That 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 uh, those thoughts are out there. Uh, it's very clear. The Bible says that Jesus will come back physically, and when you get into this th- these different ideas of uh, TM and other things, that uh, it, Jesus becomes a an essence. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, the, the follow that it, it, Jesus was one of the greats. There's Buddhism and, and Christianity, and, and Jesus is one of the greats. No, that is not what Jesus taught. Jesus said, "I am the way." John fourteen six, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said in that verse categorically, all these thoughts of religion, paths to God, having your your soul cleansed, all these things are bogus. Jesus called them phony. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That is not an essence, a thought, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, some kind of consciousness that rubs off. No, it's Jesus Christ, him crucified. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's really just a, a new name for old Eastern mysticism stuff. Uh, we used to call the same idea Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, it, the whole idea is that you yourself, uh, mystically, by your own meditative efforts, can achieve a, a place of consciousness uh, where you actually become Christ-like, uh, God-like for your own efforts. It's, it's God is in you. You know, we're all little gods. God is in me. God is in you. There's actually a a center for Christ consciousness. I mean, it's a it's a major uh, lure. It's a bait of Satan these days. Uh, 
that he is using to uh, draw people into this idea that the highest state of intellectual development and emotional maturity is possible by simply meditating and reaching this high state, and that that's what Jesus did. They say that Jesus was one of the masters of this, and uh, that's how he became Christ and so on and so forth. And so the whole thing is a throwback to uh, Eastern mysticism. It's it's not to be embraced. Uh, it is It is all about you getting there by your own efforts, achieving these things by your own inner power and inner uh, meditation. And it has nothing to do with the real message of Christianity, which is you can never save yourself. Uh, You needed a Savior who died on the cross, bled and died for your sins, and rose again from the dead. And that apart from his uh, death and resurrection, you cannot be saved. You, You must put faith in him not in yourself. So the whole idea is put faith in yourself, uh, get there by your own efforts. And of course, that's just been the devil's message forever. All the way back to Eve, if you eat of the tree, uh, Eve, then you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. So way back in the ancient garden, in, in the beginning of time, Satan's lure to the first uh, the first sinner on earth, who was Eve, was to, uh, hey, you can become godlike. You, be- you can become a god if you just eat of this tree. Uh, you'll, you'll have knowledge of good and evil just like God, and you'll be like him. So it appealed to the pride of life. And that's what this does. It appeals to the pride of life that you can do it yourself, and it's just false demonic teaching. Hope that helps, because again, you can always direct her back to John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. Whoever would believe on him would not perish, have everlasting life. Keep the main thing the main thing. Again, this idea of transcendental you know, uh, consciousness, all these different things that, that they're mm-hmm. offering out there, I think just simply needs to be confronted with the Word of God. And again, um, unicorns are real on the Internet. <laughs> and we got to be real careful because there's so much junk on the Internet right now. People are departing from... God's word and listening to these kooks. Well, there is no rapture. There, there. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the Book of Revelation should never even been canonized. All this kind of stuff. Run, run with all speed from those people. They do not know the Bible. I don't care how much they they talk like they do. They don't. The Bible is uh, is uh, for us today. And uh, again, uh, that's what defends us against this kind of stuff. Hope that helps, Randy. That that does, and it's, it's, um, but I was just, my question was, um, should I just continue to try to tell her about the Bible? Because she doesn't really believe the Bible's true because there's so many times it's been rewritten or whatever. And do I keep, because I don't think I'm getting anywhere with her. <laughs> well, Brandy, you never know. You never know. And, and the thing is, this excuse, oh, well, the Bible's being written. Uh, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls. They found the book of Isaiah. Uh, written 800 years before Christ uh, in these scrolls. And um, what's amazing is it reads identical to our book of Isaiah. Isn't that amazing? Uh, And so, no, it hasn't been changed. This is all made up. Uh, Again, um, uh, when you you understand what... what, And the the other aspect of all this is biblical prophecy. This is something that you can't psychedelicize away. It's It's absolute. And Jesus talked about um, 
uh, the last days, Matthew uh, chapter 24, Luke chapter 21, Revelation, the entire book starting at chapter 6, talks about the cataclysmic judgments that are going to come upon the earth. There's no way around this. And and so the problem is with these uh, different ideas, Eastern religions and all this kind of stuff, they discount the Bible, but the Bible is really telling us what's going to happen in the future and what's happening globally right now as we talk. So I believe it's so important. I'll send you some things that perhaps you can get her to look at, uh, may help. And, um, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't move out of her life because you may be the only voice of truth that she will hear. And so I think you just keep sharing with her in love. Uh, how would you want somebody to talk to you if you were in her shoes? How would you want somebody to talk to you uh, about you believing wrong? And I think that's really important. And, you know, I think there's a couple things, Brandy, you can always go back and center on. First of all, your sins being forgiven. This bothers all of humanity because they do things to try to uh, get their sins forgiven. Uh, you can do meditation. doesn't work. You can try gr- getting drunk to get rid of your sins and loaded and stoned, but it doesn't get rid of your sins. See, we're trying to escape from our past. And the reason why is because we know we're dirty, we're guilty before God. And I think if you keep the main thing, the main thing, see, something always remember. The Bible, and especially the Old Testament, shows us we're sinners, shows us we need a Savior. And the New Testament explains who this Savior is. And I think if you can go back and and just ask Brandy, go back to the, uh, uh, Brandy, just go back and ask her, just say, well, let me ask you a question. Put all this religious stuff aside. What about your transgressions in your life? What about your sin in your life? Does that bother you? Well, what do you mean? Lying. Have you ever lied? Uh, well, yeah. Well, then that makes you a liar. Have you ever stole anything? Yeah. Well, that makes you a thief. Uh, and you can just go right down the line like that and say, see, you need a Savior. And religion will not save you. Jesus' blood will. And I think keeping the main thing, the main thing is so important, Brandy. And I'll send you some things out, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. And if you need anything else, please, we're here for you to help you. Because, you know, I just really, Brandy, commend you for reaching out to your friend. And for all of us, we need to reach out while we can. Hey, one of these days, the Lord's going to take us home. Coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. When we come back, we'll have a whole lot more to every man answer following these messages. We'll be right back. If you're 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is so frustrating. But here's some great news. If you were just notified that your Medicare costs are increasing, a program out there can really help you with your medical bills. And it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. It's not insurance. Members actually say it's better. It's a Christian healthcare community that aligns with your faith and where people encourage and pray for you. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You choose any Medicare provider, and you get telehealth access anytime you need it. And this is great, too. Unlike health insurance, you can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. So don't get stuck with increasing costs. Call 
MetaShare 65 Plus and find out how much you can save. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn, and you can share their voice in a big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit Preborn.com. That's Preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax-deductible, and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can save a life. Welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. We're going to go right back to the phones. And uh, we have with us Judith in Longview, Washington. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, we're actually in Toodle, Washington, and that's north of Longview. Oh, okay. I, we're, we just went off the phone number there. Uh, how can we help okay. you, Judith? Okay. Well, first of all, it's nice to talk to you. I thank you for your program. I've been listening for 30 years. Oh, my. Uh, 20, 24 mm. from our farm in uh, Toodle. And uh, probably the last time I talked to you, Pastor Leo was on. And um, anyway, so I have a comment. You get a lot of calls concerning the Sabbath. And I just want to say the very best, most helpful study for me was uh, Dr. Chuck Missler. It's a two-audio CD, The Seventh Day. And um, I also want to say I wished I would have gotten in on the Revelation uh, CD with Dr. Missler. I think you were given a few of those at Christmas time. Yes, uh, and uh, Chuck Missler's, uh, I know I knew him, he went to be with the Lord, but... Uh... Chuck was a is, is a great great guy, very very intellectual, very much a, a, a thinker, and uh, again, uh, pretty amazing. But uh, yes, he's got uh, several topics out there, and uh, so Judith, yeah, that's good. Did you have a question? Um, no, it was a comment. I I did have another question, but Romans one sixteen, um, there. Uh, Oh, I don't. You know the verse, Romans one sixteen. Uh, I uh, I was doing a Southern Baptist uh, living way or whatever study, and they left off the last part of that to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. And I was just wondering. I I just like when I study, I want to hear the whole passage, not you know. And I asked my pastor about that, um, First Baptist Church, and I wasn't real sure about his answer. 
So it's Romans one sixteen. Romans one sixteen, and I'll just read it for the benefit of everybody listening. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone that believes, for the Jew first and then also for the Greek. Now, what would be the question there? It's pretty pretty okay. pretty clear. I don't I don't think you can wiggle too much on that. Okay. When um, it was presented, and this was at Vacation Bible School, they left off that part about to the Jew first and then the Greek. Well, okay, your thoughts, Jeff? Well, I don't know why, because the whole message of the gospel in Romans, well, right there in Romans 1, Paul is saying he's not ashamed of the gospel because it is literally packed with the power of God unto salvation, which delivers people from hell to heaven and lost to found and blind to sight. And uh, so he's not ashamed of it because of its the glorious things uh, wrought by the gospel. So, and then, of course, Paul's message uh, all throughout the epistles uh, that he wrote uh, is that uh, God or the Lord Jesus came for, for Jew and Gentile. And he became the apostle to the the Gentiles. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know why they would leave that. I don't know if it was intentional or just an oversight, but I wouldn't worry too much about it because uh, my guess is it was an oversight because the the gospel is clearly understood to be for Every, the whole everyone. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I wouldn't worry about it, uh, Judith. No, I, I th- you know, I mean... Uh, it's pretty elementary. It says, um, um, it, it, because if you look at it, let me just read this again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Now, here it is, for everyone who believes. So that would be inclusive of the last part of the verse. So I hope that helps. It does help. I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker, and I didn't I didn't argue with the pastor. I it was a living way study. Um, I used to do some studies with Beth Moore, and I just, I don't know, I just, I've come across that before, and I just, uh, I don't know, I just thought they should uh, do the whole passage, not not end it, yeah. as to everyone that believes. But that was it, you know, it's good to talk to you, and um, is Pastor Leo still alive? I believe he is, yes. Okay. (laughs) um, But uh, yeah, Judith, well, uh, Happy New Year to you. And if you like, stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. uh, Great for your family and also to share with your friends. God bless you. Let's go to Richard, Buffalo, Wyoming. Hi, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I'm calling in regards to, uh, scripturally, if I would be causing people to stumble if I were involved in uh, the ownership of a um, convenience general store that uh, had an alcohol and tobacco license. Okay, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, I think every believer would need to, you know, pray about that because there's, there's always two sides of the coin. One side, if I'm there, uh, then I have the opportunity to, to witness to people, um, you know, who are going down a particular path that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. And then the flip side of the coin is, is it a conscience issue? 
if I'm helping make available a substance that they may, uh, you know, drink and go out and kill somebody on the road or make some kind of terrible decision under the influence of it. So which is best? And I think that, um, for me, it would be a relative situation. I, I myself, I can only speak for me. I would have a little bit of a, an issue if I were behind the counter and I was, uh, selling alcohol. For me, and I'm just speaking for me, you know, everybody's got to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And, uh, I for one would have a little bit of a conscience issue and I would really need to pray that through. But, you know, I know people who, um, who do that. You know, they, they work places where they, Make uh, alcohol available, and you know they they waitresses, love the Lord. They come waitresses to church. Waitresses is an example. Yeah, you know. So, so again, it's really up to you, and uh, um, because I can't think of one verse that would cut clean on that issue. We're not to make a brother stumble. Now, if I were to say to somebody that walked in, "Hey, you need to try this whiskey. Uh, you know, this is great stuff, and uh, you know, I really highly recommend it." Then I'm personally involved in tempting them. Now that I would not do. I, and, and I think there is a clear cut verse on that, not making somebody stumble. But if you're just doing it, you know, like Mike said, as a waitress or something, uh, you know, to me, uh, that's, that's something you got to work out your own salvation because there's not a clean cut verse on that one. I hope that helps. You bet. Thank you, gentlemen. God bless you. Have yeah, you, you know, uh, I, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine or in excess in Ephesians chapter 5, but be filled with the Spirit. And drinking's not a sin in that, um, uh, you know, we go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross. We make decisions that sometimes though aren't the best for us. Proverbs 20 says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is mocker. Mocker, yep. strong drink is raging, and anybody that's deceived by it is not wise. So we want to be careful of that. But, uh, uh, you know, having it for sale doesn't necessarily mean you're encouraging people to buy it. And I think, Jeff, that was a very good thing that you said. Hey, man, you got to try that. That's where you get into trouble. Um, because, again, um, uh, we, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And I think that is where we have to be careful. Now, if you find your testimony being compromised by anything that we do, I think that's where we have to re-examine. Hope that helps, Agreed. Richard. You bet. Okay. Well, I, I just I just feel it would be a good platform to be salt and light, spread the word, the gospel, to to the folks that are, are doing, you know, Amen. Purchasing. Amen. Well, Richard, God bless you. And stay online. We'll get you out some uh, books and DVDs if you like. Happy New Year to you. Let's go to William, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hello, how are you guys today? Good. How may we help? Um, I was breaking down the, the Hebrew letters of Yahweh, and uh, it led me to Zechariah 10, uh, 4, verse 4. And it tells it says, Judah, my uh, my cornerstone, Judah, my tent peg, which was what, what was what I got from the breakdown of Yahweh, and then Judah, my battle bow. And I know in uh, Isaiah 49, it talks about Jesus being the arrow in his quiver, but I don't think I've ever seen anything about the battle bow, and I just wanted your 
uh, insight on that. Okay, your thoughts, Jeff. Are you saying, uh, William, that you got there by using Bible numerology, by using the letters of Yahweh and what numbers the letters stand for uh, to be taken to this this particular verse? Yeah, the 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 Hebrew letters in Yahweh, the the Y H W H, the the H or the the Y means hand behold, and the W means nail or tent peg behold. Where so where are you getting those definitions? Where just, are you getting just, the definition? I just like, I just, like where did you see tent peg? I'm sorry. Go ahead. The the word tent peg is or nail tent peg is the same, and it was from the Hebrew letter. But where did you get that definition? Oh, I just I just searched it through the internet to search up the Hebrew the meanings of the Hebrew letters. Hmm. Okay. I've I've never heard that. Now I'm not a Hebrew scholar, um, for sure. But I do know that sometimes people get into. Bible numerology or different different ways of interpreting Bible names and so on and so forth and really end up out in left field with some of that. And uh, it's almost um, sometimes omen reading. It's almost like reading an omen, which is forbidden. But I, I just, as far as what you found here, it's tent peg and the, the letter Y and so on and so forth. I, I've never heard that. So, I haven't either. So, you know, that it took you to Zechariah 10.4, it makes me suspicious of the source of your information because that tells me that it led you to a verse that really makes no sense. Um, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, in other words, it's sort of a random thing. I, I, so I would question your process. Uh, not coming against you. I'm not in any way criticizing you. I'm just, I, I would just encourage you to check out this process because it doesn't make sense to me that, you know, Zechariah 10 4, out of him came forth the corner, out of him the nail, out of him the battle bow, out of him every oppressor together. And that re- relates to, uh, you know, the first letter of Yahweh. That makes no sense. I don't see the sense to that. So yeah, not enough information to be able to to come to that conclusion. Yeah. So, but I, 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 you know, like I I can tell you, keep studying, you know, it's a good thing, William. Okay. Appreciate your time. All right. Well, William, stay on the line if you like, and uh, we'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, and I think you'll enjoy that. And since you're in Dallas, Texas, I'd certainly like to invite you to uh, Jeff Wickwire's church there in Fort Worth. And uh, tell, to them meet how, you. tell them how to get there. Go down 35 South, go all the way through Fort Worth, uh, 35 South to far South Fort Worth and Garden Acres exit. And you'll see us right on the service road. I'd love to meet you, William, because again, no, no criticism here. I just would, would really be suspect of the process that led you to that, that verse. So I hope that helps and uh, happy new year to you. Let's go to Tiffany. Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, my question is, is the earth flat or round? Because the whole earth being flat movement that's kind of going on currently, 
And I believe it's around everything I've studied. I love science. I love God and science. I think they work co together perfectly. He created it all. You know, you look at the other planets around. Yeah. I believe our Earth is round. Absolutely. So Christians are starting to think differently. And um, the ferment, they, they bring up the ferment and all this stuff. Well, it's flat. It's, it's not a, a circle. Mm. I get that. But it's also not just a flat disk. And I don't understand no. this idea why we think it's ra- not round. It, it is absolutely impossible. The flat earth idea is impossible. Uh, Again, eventually in a flat earth, you're going to come to the edge. They've never come to the edge. The Golden Gate Bridge, as an example, because of the curvature of the earth, the pylons that the uh, Golden Gate Bridge is built on, uh, as you would put, picture a ball and put pins in it just absolutely perpendicular to the ball, coming right straight out. The farther you go out from the ball, the farther the top of the pins get. Well, fact, absolute fact, the the base of the pylons on the Golden Gate Bridge, as an example, are, are considerably wider at the top than they are at the bottom because of the curvature of the earth. And the idea that the earth is flat, again, is is really troubling because, again, they know it's round. Uh, you you uh, They've never come to the edge of the earth. If it was flat, you'd eventually come to the edge. Uh, and you would have the problem of geosynchronous orbit uh, where the satellites are. And I've, I actually talked to one that was into this, and they said, well, the satellites are held up by balloons, which is absolutely insanity. Uh, and, and so um, you, you just realize that the, these heresies go around. Uh, it's unfortunate. The Bible says that God sets on the sphere of the earth, on the circle of the earth. The word for circle there is sphere, ball, if you will. And uh, your thoughts? Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Anybody can teach anything, and it'll grow legs somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, that we're going back to flat Earth, which, you know, uh, they used to worry that they would fall off if they got to the edge of the Earth way, way back um, in ancient times. Uh, mariners would, would be afraid that if they took their ships too far, they'd fall off uh, the, the Earth. It was just, you know, so, but here we are again. There was a debate recently. I'm not going to give any names, but two, two, one particularly uh, well-known in some circles guy who debated a flat earther. And it was a four-hour debate, Mike. Wow. <laughs> four-hour debate. And the flat earther really came in better prepared than the guy who uh, believed the earth to be round. And because he didn't come in prepared, the flat earther really gave him a run for his money. But when it comes down to it, here's what the Bible says. You've quoted it, but here it is, Isaiah 40, verse 22. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. There you go. So there Isaiah, by inspiration of the Spirit of God, writes down these words that the earth is an orb, a circle, a sphere, 
it's no more flat. If it's flat, then it would have to be square or rectangular. <laughs> you know, we're taking jets around the world now, and it seems to me we would see the drop off somewhere, but we don't. So it just goes to show you, like you said, on the on the internet, unicorns are real. And if you want to talk flat Earth, uh, I'm, I'm, you're going to find some followers who will go with you. And uh, I, I was handed a book and asked for my opinion on it. And the book was written by a Christian who was insisting the earth was flat. So it's embarrassing for the church, you know? We, I, I we think should that's not... the main thing. Yeah, it's just... It makes us look like I mean, a bunch on. of kooks. And, and yeah, because, kooks again, and... there's there's no edge of the flat disc. See, a lot of people, well, it's round. It's a round, flat disc. Where is the edge of the flat disc? They won't tell you. They, they This is where they have to make it up. And this is the problem. Uh, and And so... You know, um, you know, uh, I try to avoid endless babblings, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to believe what they're going to believe and, and uh, you know, tend their unicorns, I guess. So, yeah, hope, hope that hope that helps. It did. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me a Bible verse to go along with it. And I just mm-hmm. will, you know, look at it more. And I agree 100 percent. The earth is round. Yeah, it's just something that's come up a lot lately. Online. Yeah, it's it's sad because again, uh, you know, it, it's so funny to me. Uh, you know, just to believe God's word, but they they have to always come up with a new twist. You know, yeah. if it isn't holy holy laughter, then it's the shepherding yeah. doctrine. If it isn't the shepherding doctrine, it's the flat earth people. If it isn't the flat earth people, it, it's you know. Um, soul sleep. If it isn't soul, and yeah. you know, if you just read the Bible, you don't come up with this crazy stuff. And, and here and, we are. We 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 look at the planets in our solar system; they're all round. And you know, so we're supposed to imagine that we are a rotating square. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it it makes no sense. So, um, but again, uh, they, they they've done. Like I say, if you uh, do a study on the pylons on the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, how much farther they are away at the top than they are at the bottom. And if they were to continue those pylons out, you know, another hundred miles, I mean, they would be miles and miles and miles apart uh, because the earth is round. Hope that helps. Tiffany, stay online. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Think you'll enjoy that. Happy New Year to you. And don't let them rattle your faith, okay? Nope. Thank you both very much, and Happy New Year to you, y'all, too. God bless you, dear. Let's go to Siobhan, I believe it is, in western Oklahoma. Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Um, I have a question about uh, a woman being ordained. My father was a minister, a pastor, and he was ordained. He gave away myself and another one of my sisters and married us um, both in the same ceremonies. <laughs> anyway, ever since he passed away young, and uh, ever since he died about 16 years ago, two of my sisters have approached me and asked me, I kind of not took his place, but in ministry and praying for them and just kind of being there as a counselor for them, I kind of took that spot. And uh, they both asked me to be ordained and marry them in his place. And so um, I know a woman cannot usurp authority over a man. Both of my sisters are marrying men, of course. And I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. Jeff, your thoughts. 
Well, I don't have, you know, the verses about women uh, in ministry where uh, it seems to me that uh, they are told not to be in this position, that is, of a senior pastor. Because anytime you're a senior pastor, you must exercise spiritual authority over men and women both. And Paul says that uh, the issue is she is not to exercise authority over a man. Uh, because uh, the, the man was created first, then the woman, and so on and so forth. And the woman fell first and not the man. So there is an authority issue there. But getting married, I don't see that as exercising the same kind of authority. The couple getting married are making their vows before God and before those who are gathered there. So it doesn't seem to me that there would be an authority issue there with a woman performing the ceremony. Um, that's my initial thoughts. Mike, I don't know yours, but I don't see it as the same as being a senior pastor. No, and, and as a matter of fact, just to let you know, most states, as an example, uh, if you just go down and register uh, with the courthouse to perform a wedding, you can do that. They just want to make sure that who's ever performing the uh, ceremony is a real person, uh, and and so therefore, down the road, if there's any legal issues, a divorce or whatever, that it actually uh, has been done the way it's supposed to be done, of course, with witnesses and all the other things that you do when you uh, get married with uh, signing the the marriage uh, document. So you, uh, I don't think that's usurping any authority or anything like that. I hope that helps. Yes, it does. I'm I'm really happy to hear it, actually. Thank you so much. Yeah, the Bible says the older women are supposed to teach the younger women, and I, I believe that, again, uh, you're not doing anything there that is um, anti-scriptural or anything like that. Uh, where, where it's talking about usurping the authority of a man, that's dealing with the direction that the church is going. Uh, I believe that, that there's a lot of uh, uh, women pastors in churches that— minister to the uh, children, sometimes even to the congregation. I don't have a problem with that. It's the usurping or changing the direction of the church. I believe that's where the issues come. Based upon biblical consistency, you don't find women priests in the Old Testament serving Yahweh. You don't find women pastors in the New Testament. And so because of that, this is why Biblical doctrine states and is fortified by even what Paul said in Timothy that he didn't suffer a woman to teach or to usurp the authority of a man. Um, it isn't a cultural thing uh, because Paul even cited that it was Eve that was deceived, not the man. The man willfully ate of the tree. She was deceived. So that's why we find that that way. Hope that helps. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and Happy New Year to you. And uh, wish you well with your family. And uh, Jeff, Happy New Year to you. Thanks for being on. You too. Thank look, you. Enjoyed look, it. Look forward to being back with you all tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A.
To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 